0: Welcome to the Cork Church podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Oh, praise the Lord. It's nice to see you, all of you, tonight. And it's great to get into God's word. Uh, let's pray. Tonight, I'm gonna the, the title of the message the Lord has given me is Limp in the Light limp in the light so can we pray and we'll get into God's word Lord Jesus we just worship you we thank you for your presence in this place Lord the richness of it Lord but beyond that Lord we thank you that you've redeemed us you did with your precious blood you came you brought us back from a weak and paltry way of life and Lord Jesus you didn't do it with silver or with gold it was with your blood and now we have a name and we belong to you Thank God for the grace of God tonight. Thank God for the saving power of Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray you'd use me. Please help me tonight. Please be with me. Please strengthen me. Please give me the grace to deliver what you've given me. Please help me to be faithful to the word and uh, gracious and gentle with your people. Uh, Holy Spirit, just take take this thing on. Uh, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen praise the Lord again. It's really nice to be here tonight and be with all of you. uh, Limp in the lights by God's grace, this is going to make sense by the end. Amen? Okay, so uh, I have two, I have a verse for you, and then we're going to move on into uh, our main text. But the verse is this, Proverbs 4, 18. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. Amen? Okay, and now you can put a finger there if you keep a a finger on that passage, and we're going to turn to Genesis uh, chapter 32. It's an incredibly familiar story. I think if you've been in church for any length of time, you know it. I'm going to read it uh, from verse 22, and I'm going going to read just 10 verses. And then we're going to talk tonight really about one verse. And you'll see when you hear it, how it ties in with Proverbs. Let's go. At the same night, he, he being Jacob, arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Then Jacob asked, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. And folks, verse 31 is where I want us to put our focus tonight. The sun rose upon him as he passed P- Peniel, or Penuel, limping. Because of his hip. Therefore, to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on his hip socket, because he touched the socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Amazing. So again, Proverbs. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. And Genesis thirty-two, verses thirty-one. Verse thirty-one, just as he crossed over Penuel, The sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. It's an amazing passage Uh, for anyone who's familiar with the life of Jacob, the patriarch. You'll know that it was a noteworthy landmark moment in Joseph's, uh, excuse me, Jacob's spiritual history. It was his third encounter with God. The first was at Bethel, uh, where the house of God reminded and assured him that God would give unto him his divine presence. The second time was in a place called uh, Mahanaim, where the host of God taught him about the divine power. Jacob knew something about God, about his presence and about his power. But at Penuel, something something happened. He went beyond, was led beyond the ideas or the concepts of God's presence and power to a real living experience of his grace, a real experience of his grace. And tonight, folks, I I, want to say this to, to us. We must be led beyond ideas, we must be led beyond ideas. We have to go beyond the concepts that we pick up along the way. You know, you can be on the road a long time before you really come face to face with yourself. That's what happened at Penuel. Jacob came face to face with himself and face to face with the God who loved him in spite of who he was. It was, it was an amazing encounter. It was definitive for Jacob. The encounter at Penuel would define this man there and ever after. Jacob wrestled with God and it left him forever altered. It left him walking differently. Left him walking differently. Let me say this to you tonight. Only grace can change a man's walk. Amen. Only grace, you can talk about it, but when you need it and you get it, it is another thing altogether. When you experience grace, grace marks your life. The only thing that will change you is grace. And it's a wonderful image, folks, of the Christian experience Those who've truly encountered the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Those who have grappled with the gospel, with the grace that's ours in God, in spite of who we really are, walk differently. They do. It's not how long you've been on the road, folks, that matters, but how you walk along it. And I would say to you tonight that we are to limp. Amen. We are to limp. So there's two realities here. There's two things working in tandem, occurring simultaneously, the limp and the lights. There are two truths tonight that I believe we have to embrace, we have to accept if we're going to have encouragement and hope on the journey. The first is the limp. I have a quote, the proof of spiritual maturity is not how pure you are but your awareness of your impurity. Can I get an amen tonight? This very awareness opens the door to grace. Hallelujah. Jacob limped. The word in the Hebrew is the same for the word lame. And folks, limping is painful. I injured my foot about three, four months ago, maybe longer at this point. I dropped one of my children's car seats on my foot and I, I have great motor skills, uh, dropped it on my foot and I had to wear a foot brace. The problem was this, because the brace was on one of my feet, I had what's called a compensation injury. Leaning, leaning away from the brace and having my hips at an angle for a little bit over a week caused extreme pain. Extreme pain. So the pain of the compensation injury was worse than the initial injury itself. Maybe you know what it's like to walk with pain. Maybe you know what it's like to walk with a limp. I felt, I felt the pain of what I was experiencing. I felt the vulnerability. I felt the exposure. I felt exposed. I felt broken. There is a humility that comes into your life when you limp, even when it's with a physical injury. There is a helplessness that enters into your soul. Walking with pain will bring humility into your life. Walking broken will bring humility into your life. Jacob was touched and he walked with humility. He was humbled by grace. And I want us to look at that limp as a picture of humility, Walking humble, walking broken, walking touched by the grace of God. Can we consider that for a second, that Jacob's encounter had brought him face-to-face with himself, face-to-face with his humanity, and face-to-face with God, with a grace he didn't deserve, with a love that shouldn't have been his? To see the face of God meant death, yet Jacob left that place saying, I've seen the face of God and I've lived we have seen the grace of God, the, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We should, we deserve death, folks. That's the gospel. That's the truth of this grace that's ours. We deserve death, but we didn't get death. In the gospel, we found a grace. Hallelujah. We're limping, but there's grace. Praise God, and and, and look, look at Jacob's journey. It was his personal failure, and it was the tyranny of self in his life that brought him to that encounter. We don't come willingly, folks, or is it just me? We don't come voluntarily. We tend to be dragged Kicking and screaming to the point of encounter. Screaming victims of our own humil- humanity as the walls closing around us. Jacob had pushed everyone away. Jacob was by himself. The victim of his own arrogance and usurpacious behavior. A victim of his own failure and his humanity. Yet in that place, at Penuel, God met him. It's amazing. What pushes others away attracts Jesus Christ to us. Isn't it amazing? Our weaknesses, our humanity, our brokenness, it pushes others away. But Jesus came to Jacob to fight him for him, to wrestle him. His mountain was him. Maybe your mountain is you. And God came to, to, to fight him for his sake. The gospel will bring you face to face with the unflattering reality of yourself Your humanity, your proclivities, your true nature and how it has outplayed itself through your life. It brought the heel grabber to heal. It will also bring you face to face with the one who sees you as you are, yet pursued you, fought for you, called you in your nothingness, something that you could never be on your own. Only he can call a supplanter, a prince. Hallelujah. Grace deeply affects us. It subverts us. It overturns us. Hallelujah. It defies our expectations. There was to be no recompense here, no comeuppance for Jacob. Instead, a grace that would follow him his entire life. There is something in a genuine encounter with grace that will mark your soul. It will shape your expression, your walk, the grace of God. Hallelujah tonight. How are you walking? Can I encourage you? We must learn to accept our limp we must learn to, we are embraced in our weakness, yet for many their inability to embrace their weakness in the light of his grace is their weakness. Could it be that we're not strong when we're strong, but we're strong when we're weak? Hallelujah. Mature men, you see, mature women in God walk with a limp, There's something of humility that enters the walk of any man who's wrestled with the reality of himself in the light of God. That's the truth, who he really is. You're not limping if humility hasn't entered your soul. You are yet to have such an encounter, yet to grapple with the gospel, the true gospel. If you are able to walk without a limp, and yet so many in Christendom walk, try to walk, hiding the very weaknesses that we should be standing in by faith so that we can receive grace. Isn't it true? We've been taught we need to be strong. We need to look strong. We need to act strong it's not the truth, folks. There is a strength in God, but it flows from us standing in the reality of our humanity. The greatest Christian men and women you will ever encounter walk in a continual awareness of their need. They know exactly who they are apart from his grace. Let that be us, folks. Let that be us tonight. Let us be under no illusions. We know who we are apart from him. They know how destitute they are. Paul, the apostle, knew it. In 1 Timothy 1.15, he said, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it, so, which means that it's not just me, Paul, saying it, not just a personal truth or reality for me, but a truth for all of us, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them all. What an amazing journey Paul went on. He, went, he started by uh, announcing himself in the earlier epistles as an apostle, then a servant, and finally the chiefest of sinners. Don't despair tonight, saint. Seeing yourself is a part of the journey. It's a part of the journey. A very necessary part. We need to replace our confidence, I believe, with a healthy fear of self. We need to replace that confidence with a fear of self. Martin Luther said this once I'm more afraid of my own heart than the Pope and all his cardinals. I have within me the great Pope, self. Hmm. What then is maturity? It's not what we think. Could it be that it's something other than what we've learned? What does it look like to walk along Salvation's Road, frankly... The simple truth is that it's not about us getting stronger, moving beyond our weaknesses. Our progression is one of our deep realization that we are morally weak, poor, bankrupt, no better than our fathers, no greater than our brothers. And the Lord Jesus Christ has loved us anyway. In spite of this, in spite of you, in spite of who we are, he loved us anyway and walks alongside us through the this life. Hallelujah tonight. Can you embrace your limp? Can you embrace the humanity that you may have tried to hide thus far? The broken parts of you that we walk into places like this and we mask up. Some of us are still wearing masks long after the pandemic. We come in and we hide our humanity, afraid to walk in the true light of his grace, By showing up we are his workmanship. I'm his workmanship. If I'm a mess, I'm his mess. If I'm not together, at least I'm held together in his arms and by his love tonight. Amen. So the greatest amongst us are those who limp, knowing their need for him. Quote here again, second point tonight. We must embrace our limp, but we must embrace the light as well. Amen. The gospel is this, quote, We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the same time, (laughs) say at the same time, two things working together, the limp and the light, at the same time we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we have ever dared hope. Hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah tonight. He loves me in spite of all that I am. And this is an abiding truth that becomes an ever greater reality as we limp on. As we limp on. Another quote, the Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence. At the same time, it undermines both swaggering and sniveling. I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself nor less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. Hallelujah. There is a journey for every believer into the light of his word, amen, into the glory of his love. I don't have time tonight to read the entire Emmaus Road accounts, but I'm going to turn there to show you some things about two men who had to walk a journey, a painful journey, because there are lessons for, for us tonight, I believe, that we can glean from it. We know the story. You can find the account in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. I'm not going to give you context, but I'm going to just press on here tonight. Jesus found two men on the road, the dirt road to Emmaus, from Emmaus. Not men of renown or status, just ordinary men dealing with pain and disappointment while trying to walk. Isn't that the reality of life? Isn't that the reality? That was the context of them walking. Disappointment, despondency, upset, afraid, confused. The reality of it all. The questions that we ask ourselves. Why is it so hard to walk with this pain? Why? Where is Jesus in this? Why am I getting nothing and hearing nothing even out of his word? These are the things that I believe that the Holy Spirit will show us from this passage tonight. Verse 16 and 17 of the passage in Emmaus, it says that their faces were downcast, that they were kept from recognizing Jesus, that as they were walking and talking about what had happened, the crucifixion, Jesus appeared next to them, but didn't reveal himself to them. They were crushed and broken. In other words, they were displaying the full range of human emotions on their walk. They were expressing it to one another this walk that we are on can often be in the context of grief and loss and heartbreak and disappointment. The loss they had experienced produced a type of limp, a type of pain to walk through. Yet in it, he appeared to them. Hallelujah tonight. He appeared to them. He appeared. We, see, folks, you and I, we always have his presence Even though sometimes we can't always discern that he's near or close to us. We can't always. A limp in your life isn't the evidence of his absence tonight. It's not. Jesus walked along the Emmaus road, simultaneously concealing his physical presence and revealing his presence throughout the scripture. Amazing. And many of us have walked at times along the Emmaus road, wondering where God is. When all along he walks alongside of us. He's right beside us. He's right beside you tonight. You might be walking with pain. You might be limping. You might be faced with your own humanity. He is walking alongside you tonight. His presence is promised to you, even though you may not be able to discern him right now. He's walking alongside you for a reason. In verse 27, he explained that the entirety of the word was about him. In all, folks, there is a growing revelation as we go on there is a journey into the word into the promises of God that are that's conducted by the holy spirit in our hearts that brings us to a single reality it's all about Jesus it's all about him he's the central character the central figure our walk our limp through this life is a walk into continued growing revelation of Jesus, of his love, of his promises, of the word, the light begins to shine as we walk, as we limp. It's a deeper walk into him. It's growing out of reading yourself into the text, into the word, into the center of God's plan. We're not at the center even of our own lives. We're not at the center even of our own story. But coming to the realization is a journey. And Jesus walks alongside us through it all. We have to grow out of narcissism. Amen. Narcissism is reading yourself into the text. The Bible is not about us. Hallelujah. It was preserved for us, written to specific people at specific times, preserved for us. But it's not about us. Amen. This salvation we enjoy isn't about us. It's about him doesn't exist to serve us, to deliver us to our ends, to our destiny. It doesn't. We've got to grow out of that. But as we limp in his light, we do. Hallelujah. That's the promise. It starts at dawn and rises to the fullness of day. So I want to encourage you tonight, even as you limp, continue to look into the scriptures, but do it through the right lens through the lens of Christ. Look, look at this word. Look into this word, even in the pain of your walking and journeying. But look with the right lens. Look for Christ. Look through Christ into this text. And then you will see the true heart and intention of the Father to show you his love and his mercy again and again and again through the promises that he will keep in your life. And in verse 30, there's a climax. And that climax is the Lord's table. The climax of that road to Emmaus, through Emmaus, the climax of the Christian life, the Christian experience, is to come around a table, to come around a finished work as unfinished works to come around the gospel, to be centered around the perfect work of Jesus Christ that did it all for us, that has given everything to us, that has made us what we could never be on our own. This is the journey they went on. They came to a point where their entire focus was on the grace of God, on the gospel, on his work, his finished work. That's what God will do in your life. You will limp your way to a place where your focus is on the grace of God. And in that place, there is communion with Jesus. There is intimacy with Jesus. The end of this journey is intimacy with the one who gave himself for you. He is the furnishings on the table and he is the one who furnishes the table. There is intimacy waiting at the end of this journey. Relationship, depth waiting at the end of this journey. He will have all of you. He will have all of you. You will know the light of his kingdom in every area of your life. He will have full dominion over every area, every part of your life. Isn't it wonderful? We can limp knowing one day we'll run by the grace of God. Isn't it wonderful tonight? Because of Him, intimacy flowing from His sacrifice at the center of our lives, Jesus will be the focus. He will, by His grace. And the last thing I want to say to you tonight to share this, I want to share this with you. It doesn't even end there. There's a walk in his word, a growing illumination in your life. The sun will shine on you, but the sun will also shine through you. Amen. Paul says in Second Corinthians 3.18, Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Hallelujah. The Greek is metamorpho, and like from metamorphosis, into the same image from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory as we behold him. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Read the Gospel of John. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to unpack that which Jesus has done and make it known to us. Jesus said in John 6:63 6, that the word he gives you are spirit and their life. This walk in the word will transform your life. Just keep looking into it. There is transformation. And we, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the gospel of his grace and the fruit of your life, according to Paul here in Corinthians, It's freedom. It's freedom. In closing, I want you to grapple with this thought. The fruit of your life will be your freedom. So many of us think it's about what we build, what we do, what we achieve. Yet the fruit of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, the full light shining on every part of your life, what will it look like? personal freedom in him. I used to be bound by this. I used to be captive to that. I used to be held by this trauma and this pain. I used to limp, but now I'm running free in him. Hallelujah. There is an inheritance for each and every one of us tonight. All we have to do is limp and embrace the limp and continue to look into his word. And Jesus, through his spirit in us, will illuminate the word of God, and we will go from strength to strength, and the sun, the love of his of the love of God will shine abroad or be spread abroad in our hearts. This is your inheritance tonight, in closing. So keep limping, keep going. Whether you perceive him or not, the sun is going to shine on you. You will be fully persuaded, like Paul was, and the sun will shine through you. You will live a life of impact and significance for the kingdom of God, and it will flow out of your personal freedom. The freer and more convinced you are, the more impactful for God you will be. Wonderful, isn't it? What a gospel tonight. Hallelujah. And I want to end now. We'll pray Show me a man or a woman full of compassion, tenderness and love, ministering to others, blessing them. And I'll show you a man touched at the hip. Hallelujah. Show me a man who doesn't see himself as greater than his brother. And I'll show you a man who's seen the face of God. Amen. Will you stand with me tonight? And we'll pray. Hallelujah. Can we just take a moment in closing before I hand back to Pastor Stephen? Just a moment. For some of us here, we've been wrestling, trying to improve, get better. For some of us, we've been walking under the burden of wrong theology. That somehow maturity looks like improvement. I pray in the name of Jesus that that would be broken tonight because maturity is about dependency. Maturity is about the strength of another perfected in our weakness. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that we would begin to walk in liberty. We would begin to walk in freedom. Knowing, Lord Jesus, that sometimes when we see the unflattering parts of ourselves, it's only so we can look beyond that to the grace that you've given us. I pray that you would give us the grace to go on, Lord, The grace to trust you. The grace, Lord, to limp knowing that one day as we continue to look into your word, we will run. Oh God, I pray for everybody in this place tonight. That there would be an encouragement that would enter our souls. Thank you, Lord. It's not the strength of our faith, but the object of our faith that saves us. It's the object. It's who we have trusted in. It's not the how, but the who, who we have trusted in that that will save us. Jesus, you are faithful. I pray tonight, oh God, each and every one of us would get another glimpse at your face and begin to embrace the grace of God for themselves. Thank you, Lord, tonight. We worship you. We praise you, God. Thank us to let go, Lord. Help us let go Thank you.